Hello, New York Giants fans. Welcome back to Everything New York Giants. I am your host, Adriana, also known as New York Giants Fangirl on Instagram and TikTok. And the Giants lose their first game in the last four weeks. They drop 27 to 13 to the Seahawks. And as always, there's a lot to talk about. Before I start talking about the offense, who had a particularly rough day, I'm going to talk to you, the fans, about tempering your expectations because it seems like a lot of you are not capable of doing that. So, going into this season, a lot of us felt like we didn't know what to expect. We have a whole new coaching staff. We're asking for a lot from Jones and Saquon. They have to prove to us that they deserve to be here a fifth year, along with a lot of other guys. And we've got a lot of rookies who need to step up. And there's a lot of things that need to fall into place in order for this team to succeed. Now, I had the team going 7-10 and 10 at best before the season. So the fact that they're 6-2 and two is, number one, incredible. And number two, it's not a big deal that they lost to the Seahawks. I don't think there was any person who's a realistic Giants fan who was going into that game yesterday thinking, we've got this one in the bag. We're definitely going to win. And if you did, you are a little bit delusional. And I'm sorry that I need to be the one to tell you that, but you've got to temper your expectations. Yes, we won the last, what was it, four games in a row? Yes, the team looks much better than we ever expected them to be. Yes to all of those things. And yes, the game against Seattle was 100% winnable. But what we saw yesterday and what we've seen week in and week out is that the team's not perfect. The offense has not scored a ton. I mean, we scored 13 points yesterday. You can't score 13 points and expect to win a game. Not in the National Football League. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done. And we're going to get there. And we've seen it week in and week out that the team is getting better. The defense was incredible yesterday. Coming off the game against Jacksonville, isn't that what we wanted to see? We wanted to see the defense turn around and prove to us that they are the defense that we have seen them be the weeks leading up to the Jags game, that they're a better defense than they were last week. And what they did last week against Jacksonville cannot happen. And what did they do? That's exactly what they did. They turned it around yesterday. They held Kenneth Walker to 51 total yards the whole game. The defense did their part. They gave up a couple big plays against Metcalf, who wasn't even supposed to play, but of course he did. And he wasn't on a pitch count, but look, it is what it is. It's the National Football League. You've got to be ready to play against whoever's on the team, no matter how talented or how not talented they are. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it at that and we're going to get into the offense. But I just want everyone who's freaking out to relax. Don't freak out. So many people have been saying, and this is fans I'm talking about, we're waiting for the other shoe to drop. We're waiting them to have a terrible game. 
there it was, you guys. We saw the terrible game. And if there's one thing we know about this coaching staff and these players is they are going to turn it around. They've pretty much done it every week. Jones has looked incredible week in, week out. Saquon Barkley is having one of the best seasons that he's ever had on record. I mean, everyone is doing their part to contribute. And it can't always go your way all of the time. And we were in the game yesterday. There is a really good chance that if Richie James didn't fumble the first time and turn the ball over on a punt return, he can't do that, um, that we would have scored. We could have been neck and neck at 20 and 20 at that point going into the fourth quarter. So it wasn't a blowout. In my opinion, the score doesn't reflect the way that the actual game went. And at the end of the day, the Giants didn't do enough to win. And that's what it is. And that's what Dable said. And that's what, you know, all of the players came out who spoke to the media. That's what they said. And they're right. They're 100% right. But there are things that are teachable, that are fixable, that we're going to see. And as we get into the offense, I want to say one thing about Richie James. Because I am seeing people say, is Richie James getting cut because of those mistakes? And yes, they were costly mistakes. But... This is not Joe Judge, and this is not the Gettleman show where they cut people and bury them on the depth chart because they made one or two mistakes. Dable put Richie James back in at punt returner after he fumbled the first time. So you get a chance with this coaching staff to redeem yourself. And unfortunately for Richie James, he didn't, but he was one of the leading receivers going into the game against Seattle. So he's not going anywhere. And I understand they're huge mistakes. And yes, you could say that that's a big portion as to why we lost the game. But our offense is based on the run game. And when you can't run the ball successfully and you don't have wide receivers who can catch the ball, it's going to be hard to win games. You can't rely on the other side of the ball, on the defense, to do everything for you. You've got to play complementary football, and we needed the offense to do more, and they just couldn't get it done. So anyway, let's move along into the offense now. Now, as we kick off the offense, we're obviously going to start with Daniel Jones like we do every single week. And those of you who are like, Daniel Jones is the reason we lost the game. I don't know what football game you were watching, but it wasn't the same one that I was watching. No, it wasn't his best game. Of course it wasn't. He missed a wide open cager who was one of the newly brought up tight ends from the practice squad. You can't make mistakes like that. And, you know, I'm not going to make excuses for him. He can't do things like that. But that's not why... We lost the game, first of all, and he probably had his worst game so far. Out of eight games, he had one bad game. So um, he wasn't running the ball as much as we expected him to. Seattle just did a really good job. They're fast, and they shut down the run. So I think that was one of the reasons why he definitely had a hard time yesterday. He's used to being able to have the RPO and to be able to run when he sees the wide open spot, and he ran a little bit, but not as much as we're used to seeing him do. So... He went 17 for 31 for 176 yards. 17 for 31. Let me repeat that. Almost half of his passes were either dropped or thrown away. More likely they were dropped. So 
again, you know, it, it just, it comes down to the wide receivers. It is what it is. You know, I know we're all hoping that Joe Shane brings someone in by tomorrow, which is the trade deadline, November 1st at 4 p.m. But if they don't bring anyone in, it is what it is, you guys. They have to step up. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk about Kenny Galladay. And he's on the roster and he's going to play. So we need him to step up and do his part. Um, so speaking of that, let's move along to the rest of the receivers. Um, real quick about Jones. He was sacked five times. So you can't run the ball and you can't pass the ball. When guys are in your face, your O-line is not doing their job and he's getting beat. So... Um, I just think that overall, of course, it wasn't Jones's best game. I think he did the best that he could. I would have liked to see him run more. I would have liked to see that pass to Cager be more accurate. Um, but look, Darius Slayton did some good things. He led the receivers with five receptions for 66 yards out of six targets. Now, one drop out of six targets is not bad. And it's one of the better games that we've seen out of Slayton. Now, I would have liked to see him be used as a deep threat more. But, you know, the coaching staff had their reasons for why they did things. I'm sure they felt like maybe they needed to build his confidence a little back up with, um, with you know, him catching the ball more. He had quite a few drops last week. So this week was much better. And again, week after week, we want to see improvement and we want to see consistency. Tanner Hudson had three receptions for 58 yards. His longest was 27, which was the longest out of the whole team. Um, and he had five targets, so two drops. Wandale only had, he had three targets, two receptions for 15 yards. Now, I don't know why he wasn't used more yesterday. I really was expecting to see a big game out of him. So the fact that we didn't see that, I'm not quite sure why. Um, I'd have to look into the snap counts, but I still think that even, I still think that he just didn't get as many snaps as we would have expected him to get. Matt Breida, we saw a little bit more out of two targets, one reception for 10 yards. Um, Chris Myrick, who I expected to see a little more out of, he had one target with one reception for 10 yards. Saquon, of course, used in the receiving game as always. Again, I would like to see more out of him in the receiving game. He is such a superstar when it comes to running, but when the running game is shut down, he's got good hands, and I'd like to see more of him in the receiving. And again, I think we will over time, but he's not really going to be used, I don't think, as the deep threat. We need him more for screens and short passes and that type of thing. But he dropped two balls yesterday, which again, you can't do. And whether it's Saquon Barkley or it's Marcus Johnson or David Sills, you got to catch the ball. So out of five targets, he had three receptions for only nine yards. Um, and then David Sills, two targets, one reception for five yards. Marcus Johnson had six targets, one reception for three yards. So um, again, I don't, I mean, based on those numbers and based on his showing yesterday, I don't expect him to get cut either. He's going to be here. We have no other wide receivers, so it is what it is. Um, but look, these guys, they just, they have to step up. You're on the field. You've got to make plays and that's the end of it. Um, and then Lawrence Cager was only targeted once with that overthrow by Jones. So 
obviously we know he didn't catch it. Not a great day for the rushing attack. Barkley had 20 carries for 53 yards. He was averaging less than three yards a carry, and the whole team averaged 2.8 yards per carry. Um, Saquon did have a touchdown. Jones, six carries for 20 yards, and Burita, two carries for five yards. So look, when our offense can't run the ball, it's going to be hard for us to score points. We all know that that is a huge reason as to why this offense has been successful up until this point. The run game is a huge part of it. And when we can't get that going and we don't have incredible wide receivers to make plays, it's going to be hard to score points and to win the game. So for me, I think that kind of wraps it up with the offense, you know, there was a lot of talk going into this game that we were not having the typical offensive line that actually has finally been doing well the last few weeks and meshing well together and protecting Jones. And they've been good at run blocking, but we were missing two of our starters um, without Evan Neal and Ben Bredesen, who I think a lot of us going into this year were a little concerned about him. He, him and Neil have been performing really well. And when they weren't in, you know, it's loud. That 12th man is no joke. They call it that for a reason. And they got a couple penalties because of it. False starts and delay of games because they couldn't hear. So that, I think, was a little bit to be expected. Obviously, you don't want to see that. But when you're playing in somewhere like Seattle and you have guys who are a little bit newer to the O-line and um, just to the team and meshing together in general, that you know, unfortunately, it's bound to happen. So I'd like to see that cleaned up after the bye. I do hope that we get either uh, Bredesen's on IR, so he's not coming back. But I do hope that we get Neil back. Um, and I do hope that there is a good chance that we're going to see more of Nick Gates. Now, he only played 10 total snaps yesterday, five snaps on offense, and then five snaps on, st- on special teams. So in my opinion, the fact that he was able to play he suited up and got in there for 10 snaps is absolutely incredible we know his story he had seven surgeries in the offseason and last year and it's just amazing to me that not only was he back on the field but he was able to play so I would love to see Nick Gates back there's talk of him playing either center or left guard we will have more of an idea about that after the bye week but I'm super happy he's back I think he can really make an impact on this O-line especially when you have guys like Neil and Bredesen out so we'll see what he can do but um, that wraps it up for the offense you know obviously we can I mean I don't know how much there is to say about the Richie James and the fumbles it just it is what it is that second one really was a mistake and contributed to the loss. So there were a lot of mistakes made on the offense and the defense, but they, you know, the fumbles were definitely the worst of it. So with that, let's move over to the defense who had a much better showing than the offense did. The good news when we talk about the defense is that there is a lot of good things to talk about. So let's start with this. The defense held the Seahawks to under 300 yards. They had 277 total and only two drives were 50 yards. Um, The other longest one was 42 yards. Another thing that we need to talk about is that 10 points came from the turnovers. Now, it very easily could have been 14 points considering they got the ball in Giants territory both times. So I think the defense deserves a lot of praise for what they did yesterday and the fact that they were able to hold them to 10 points. Now, obviously, holding them to six points would have been better, but the defense spent so much time 
on the field that it was inevitable that at some point they were just going to get tired and they weren't going to be able to keep up at the same pace that they have been earlier in the game. Now, I said this earlier, but I need to say it again because they did an excellent job of stopping the run. They held Kenneth Walker to 51 yards on 18 carries, and his longest run was 16 yards. Now, we know prior to this week, Walker was a standout running back. He's quickly moving up the ranks of the NFL, and he's very impressive, and he's had some pretty long runs. So the fact that the Giants were able to keep him from with his longest run being under 20 yards is impressive. Now, what else is impressive is that Toman Fox, who was an undrafted free agent this year, him and Leah Williams led the team with eight tackles each. Now, Toman Fox has been making some pretty key plays over the last couple of weeks, and I think yesterday was just an absolute breakout game for him. The fact that he tied Leo Williams with eight total tackles is absolutely impressive. Amazing. I think it's he, he's a testament to the guys that this coaching staff and Brandon Brown, Joe Shane, Wink, they know how to mold these players into what they want them to be on their side of the ball. And they also know to play to their strengths. And Tomon Fox is a perfect example of that. He went undrafted and he came in here and has eight tackles, leading the entire Giants defense. Wildly impressive. Big fan of the guy. Um, so six of those were solo on Tomon Fox's parts. Um, And we can't talk about Leo's tackles without talking about his sack and five quarterback hits. Now, I know people have been down on Leo Williams saying, you know, we're eight weeks in and he doesn't have a sack and blah, blah, blah. Keep in mind he was injured for a couple weeks, but there is a noticeable difference when Leo's on the field versus when he's off the field. So even if he's not making sacks and he's not getting to the quarterback every play, he is definitely getting pressure and making a difference. We, There's no doubt that we missed him desperately when he was out with his injury. So I'm very glad to hear that he's back. And obviously it showed in the stat line yesterday and also in the game, he came up with some big plays. Another guy that, of course, we need to talk about is my boy Julian Love, who was also tied with eight total tackles, six of them solo. Another great day for Julian. He was all over the field. Um, and, you know, he's someone that consistently has been playing well. His contract is going to be ending. I think it ends. It's either the end of this year or next year. So I am expecting the Giants to sign him to a longer term deal, which I really hope they do. They do. And I hope I think that he's really proved himself that he deserves it. So I'd love to see that from him. Jalen Smith right behind those guys with seven tackles, two of them solo. Adoree Jackson, six tackles, five solo, one pass deflection. Um, Adoree was having a really good game. And I got to say that I was worried about him being lined up against DK Metcalf. I'm worried about anyone against DK Metcalf and much less Adoree Jackson. But he really did a pretty good job of holding his own against him. So I feel like overall he had a really good game. There were a couple things, a couple plays that I'm sure he wishes that he could take back. But overall, I was impressed with him yesterday. And I especially considering he was one of the people that I was most worried about going into the game once we heard that DK Metcalf was actually going to play. Next up, Fabian Moreau, another guy. Came out of left field, but he's really showing the Giants that he 
is a good player and he deserves to be here. He had five total tackles, four of them solo and a pass deflection. Dexter Lawrence. uh, So Dexter was in and out of the lineup a little bit, which made me a little nervous um, because I wasn't sure if he was injured or what. And in my opinion, I feel like there's a big difference when, when he's not on the field, just like with Leo Williams. Like when those guys are on the field, you know they're on the field. They're making an impact just them being on there. So I think it was just the play calling and the scheme that Wink was going for yesterday. But there was no mention of him being injured or going into the blue tent or anything like that. So I don't believe it was an injury, which is good news. But um, I think that not having him on the field made a difference. And I'd like to see him on the field, ideally, during every snap, hopefully. Um, But Dexter Lawrence, Micah McFadden, and Xavier McKinney all had quarterback hits. Now, we need to talk about Micah McFadden and Xavier McKinney because McFadden was is coming back from well he was coming back from an injury he's back now and he is someone that I think that Wink is really excited about he's a rookie they obviously drafted him in 2022 and felt like he was going to be a good addition to the team and they were not wrong he had four total tackles three of them solo obviously the sack and the tackle for loss and Big plays like that are what we need out of this defense. And for him to be able to show that up pretty much right away after being injured, I think is quite impressive. So I think he's got a bright future ahead of him. I'm excited to see what else he can do. And I, of course, feel the same way about Xavier McKinney, who had two total tackles. Two of them were solo, one sack, the tackle for loss, and then, of course, that quarterback hit, which is glorious. When I saw that happening, I was like, oh, this is amazing. Very excited to see him do that. Um, Zay is one of my favorite players on the team. I just think that overall he's a really good example of what being a giant is. He is someone who has a life and hobbies outside of football, and not once during the season does he ever let that derail him. And I appreciate that about him. So um, excited. I think it's a big year for McKinney, and I think that every week we're going to continue to see more of him, which is exciting. So I love that for him. Okay, these last couple guys here. So Tay Crowder, Ellerson Smith, Nick McLeod, they all had two tackles as well, like McKinney. Now, Tay Crowder didn't get as many snaps yesterday, and I believe that's because Micah McFadden and Toman Fox were taking more of them from him, which... I'm not complaining about. Um, Ellerson Smith was only on the field for seven snaps. Now, he obviously is just coming back from an injury, so I didn't expect to see him play the full game. Um, Seven snaps, I mean, I probably would have expected a little bit more than that, but I am sure that after the bye, we will definitely see him in a more um, evolved type of role. And I'm excited to see more of him on the field and what he can do. Um, Nick Williams, Justin Lane, Darnay Holmes all had one tackle um, and no tackles for Jihad and Kayvon. Now, Kayvon, I felt like was getting held again a million times. Refs never called it. Oh, what a surprise. Um, So I was that was frustrating to me. But Kayvon did have a quarterback hit and Jihad Ward did have a pass deflection. So, you know, Kayvon is really good at getting pressure. We are going to see sacks from him. We are going to see quarterback hits. We're all going to see that. It's going to come with time. It is going to come with the refs actually noticing that he is being held every other play and hopefully get some flags 
for that. But overall, I think the defense did really well and they did everything they could to keep the team in the game. They did their part. They showed out. Um, you know, obviously would have liked to see them keep the Seahawks to under 27 points. But again, if we didn't have the turnovers on the punt returns, we wouldn't be talking about that. So anyway, um, I just I feel really confident in this defense. I feel like we see more out of them every week. Every player is developing and improving. And I know that after the bye, they are going to come back strong. Last up, let's talk about special teams. Now, we've talked enough about Richie James, so I'm just going to cover off on some of the other guys. So Gary Brightwell had three kick returns for 63 yards. The longest was 27. Darnay Holmes was used once for a punt return, and he didn't go anywhere with that one. So, um, and again, Richie James, of course, he had four punt returns. Two of them were fumbles, and then the other two um, were... It was a total of four for 28 yards, average of seven per punt return. So I expect to see more of Gary Brightwell after the bye, and then I'm sure we'll see Darnay Holmes. Who knows? We might see someone else get thrown back there too, but I would say we'll probably see more of those two guys. Last up, as always, we have to talk about Graham Gano, who was perfection as always, one for one for the extra point, and he had two field goals. Again, went two for two. The longest was 45 yards. Last up is Jamie Gillen. You guys, he is having an amazing season and every week he gets better. This week he had six punts for 322 yards, averaging 53.7 yards per punt. Only one touchback and then two of them were inside the 20. And the longest was 69 yards. So he is doing a really good job of helping out the defense and the special teams and getting the other team in difficult field position. And that is what we need from our punters. So I'm really excited about Jamie Gillen. I feel like he doesn't get enough praise. He has been having a really good season. He improves every week. And, you know, he's just him and Graham Gano are just doing a really good job of keeping this special teams part of the team in good shape. So I feel like that covers it. Obviously, it was a rough game. Um, it is what it is. They are going to recover. They're going to get some guys back healthy after the bye. And then we're going to see what we're up against when we play Houston in week, what is that, 10? So listen, Houston, I think, is a much more winnable game. It's going to be at home at MetLife, and we should be getting some guys back. I really hope that we have Evan Neal and Galladay back. I think Galladay has a renewed sense of purpose with the team. Like he said to the media last week, he has not been on a winning team. And the fact that the team is six and two, six and one at the time that he spoke to the media, he was excited about contributing and being part of it. So I think we're going to see, you know, a different side of him in the upcoming weeks. I mean, the guy gets paid $72 million. So I'd like to see more of that from him. I want to see him get on the field and make plays. And, you know, maybe it was the injuries that was bothering him. I don't know what it was. There could be a million different reasons. But I think that part of it maybe was either him getting down on himself or him, you know, losing confidence or whatever. This is all my opinion. Based on what the media was saying, the media has been destroying him for the last two years. So I think at some point, 
it's going to get to you no matter how hard you try to block it out. I think we've seen it with Jones and we've seen it with Saquon. And now I think that we're seeing it with Galladay. But I do think that Galladay, after seeing everything that happened with Tony, feels like he has to contribute or he's going to be out of here. And I don't think he wants to be cut. I think he the, he wants to be on the team. And like he said, they're winning. Who doesn't want to be a part of a winning team? Kadarius Tony apparently doesn't, but we don't care about him. So anyway, I want to wrap it up. Um, Andrew Thomas spoke to the media about 20 minutes ago, and this is what he said. The message from Dable heading into the bye week was take care of your body and mind and be ready when you come back for the second half. And I think that that is the perfect message to get these guys to have them recover their mind and body. I think they need to get themselves away from the loss and the tough game that they had. And I think that they're going to come back renewed. So anyway, um, that wraps it up. Giants fall to the Seahawks 27-13. That is week eight. The team is six and two heading into the bye. I feel optimistic about things going forward and you should too. So thank you for listening. Again, my name is Adriana. I am the host of Everything New York Giants podcast. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also subscribe and download the podcast so you get new episodes as soon as they come out. They come out every Monday. Still TBD on what I'm going to do for the bi-week show, but I probably will do an episode. So as always, I will keep you guys posted on Instagram and TikTok. My handle is at New York Giants Fangirl. And as always, I was will be updating you guys there with any news of a trade. Not Giants related, but it was just announced that the Bears are trading linebacker Rokon Smith to the Ravens. So Expect to see more trades in the next 24 hours. And as always, I will keep you posted. Thanks for listening. Go Giants.